Welcome to Demo Cinema Podcast. Hard rock metal, your thing, indie films, true crime, and a great monthly episode of Tales of Terror. It's all right here. So without further ado, here's your podcast host, Michael, and your guest co-host, indie film director, Kel Adams. In 1974, a film came out that broke ground. A blueprint that since its release has never been matched. Yet a film that some thought would never see the light of day. The original, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It has been recognized as one of the most influential movies of all time. A print of the film is enshrined in the permanent collection of New York's Museum of Modern Art. Come on, Franklin! It's gonna be a fun trip! One of the most iconic scenes in the film is when the character Pam, played by actress Terry McMinn, was hung on a meat hook. Some say it was the bloodiest scene they've ever saw, that it was vile and hard to watch. In reality, there was no blood. It was all left up to the audience's imagination. It was the power of the filmmakers and the actors' performances that made it all too real. Today, on Demos Cinema Podcast, actress Terry McMinn sits down with us to talk all things Chainsaw and gives us some insight of what it's been like to be a part of this historical, monumental film. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining Demos Cinema Podcast. It is Rocktober, people. Uh, you know, we started out this month uh, with, with obviously with having Nevermore the Raven, uh, we've got Ruby Rays that uh, we're, we're going to be following up with. Now we're bringing on somebody today. And let me let me start first with my co-host before we do the, any introductions. My co-host is a longtime friend, uh, basically family. Uh, his name is Kale Adams. We actually interviewed him earlier this year. Um, I know he's a huge fan of the guests that we're bringing on today. Um, he's also the director of Open Waters, uh, which is currently in pre-production at this time. So I want to welcome on my co-host, Kale. How are you doing, buddy? Who is this Kale you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I thought well, I was next. <laughs> you know what? Welcome to Fright Night. For real. <laughs> <laughs> so today we've got, uh, obviously, this is a fan fave. Uh, I know that you are a huge fan uh, of the guest today, as well as probably the rest of the cast. Well, you know uh, what? I got to say this real quick. What's weird for me is, is that uh, it, Marilyn Burns and Edwin Neal are Marilyn was a friend of mine. She has since passed away. And Ed is a friend of mine. I've, I've never met Terry. So this is, yeah, this is exciting for me, really. Absolutely. And Terry McMahon is going to be our guest that we have on today for the show. The, that original Chainsaw Gal, which you can find her on Facebook, Terry McMahon, um, probably one of the most iconic 
horror film, and I would even say as far as to go cinematic shots in film history, yes, uh, which was obviously done by Daniel Pearl on the film The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, would you agree? Oh, without a doubt, 100%. Yes. So without further ado, um, I, I just want to say I would love to welcome on the lovely Miss Terry McMahon. Hi, thanks so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Oh, hey, Terry. <laughs> hey. <laughs> well, we've got some questions for you. I know I don't have the dates written down, but you, you just finished uh, the Midwestern Monster Fest. What were the dates on that? Yeah, the Midwest Monster Fest. I just got back from it. Um, it was the 14th and the 15th. So that Tell means two days of flying. So I left on the 13th and got back on uh, late Monday night, the 16th. And wow. it was great. It was a very well-organized show. Jeff O'Neill was the uh, promoter, and he and his staff, Izzy Sutton was great, um, Jared Whitmer was wonderful. They took wonderful care of us, put us at a lovely hotel downtown called The Element. And um, the crowd was, I couldn't believe for a first show the turnout they had. So I wow. have a feeling that that show is just only going to grow and get better and better every year. So Grandpa was <laughs> with me and Ed Neal was there. And um, we had a Q&A. I posted my Q&A on Pam's page. And um, it's always fun to listen to those. You get a lot of dirt. You know, we all spill the beans. So <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. That is awesome. You know, you mentioned Ed Neal. Uh, Ed and uh, Marilyn, they, they well, Marilyn was a friend of mine, and Ed currently still is. Uh I met Ed back when I was working on a movie called The Pickup, and that just recently I've started another indie film that he's gotten involved in. And the point of me bringing this up, I just find it so interesting. We've learned over time a lot of tidbits about uh, Texas Chainsaw and Toby Hooper. And I would like to start off by saying this to you, okay? As uh -huh. a childhood fan growing up, watching that film, watching other low-budget horror films, and even uh, big-budget, doesn't matter. The one thing that has stood out, and Rob Zombie himself actually said the same thing, the one thing about that film is, is that you did not feel like you were watching a horror movie. You were watching people living their lives, and let me clarify that. You, all of you, the entire cast did such an amazing job at being natural. Your performances were awesome. And then when I found out some years ago that Toby Hooper actually had nothing to do with your motivation whatsoever, to me, that is a testimony to all of you. All of you. I mean, have you ever um, anyone yeah, ever approached Toby you like that? Toby had a lot of problems with the technical stuff, and so he was really more into that. And Kim, um, Kim wasn't really an actor's director, um, but he did his best to help us. Um, but we we depended on one another, and Bill and I worked right. very closely together on our characters. 
and um, uh, we had a wonderful time doing that. Um, you know, I mean, it was miserable conditions, but, you know, we were having the time of our lives, you know, because we were at, I was acting in the day and then working on stage at night. So, you know, um, we were all, uh, I, I feel they got very lucky with all the cast because I think everyone um, was, uh, you know, really good at their job and, and, um you know, I'm proud of all of our performances. So, you know, oh, I'm glad that people enjoyed it. And, um, and, um, they, you know, seem to love Pam. So that's why I wrote Pam oh. lives stories. <laughs> so <laughs> people love the stories and, uh, they, uh, I had a great time writing them and if people want to um, read them for free, they can read them in Pam's notes on Pam's page, Pam, the original chainsaw gal. Um, but I do also sell them and they get a five by seven signed. I sign inside the book with a beautiful quote. Um, and then I also sign, it's a picture of Pam escaping that an artist friend drew. So they get actually three signatures, you know, and a, a five by seven picture with the story. So it's a really good deal. It's a good, uh, you know, memor for memorabilia fans, for collectors. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. You you had said something a while back, uh, and I find it interesting. You know, when, when people watch, you know, their favorite movies are just movies in general. No one ever kind of thinks about what's really going on at that moment or what that actor's really thinking about at that moment. Can you, can you kind of relive what we had talked about before, like, during your scene, when all that was being shot, you had a couple of things going on at that point. One of them, I believe, was you actually were in the middle of doing a show, right? You were doing a stage performance. You had a play going. Yeah, I was acting in a play at St. Edward's Mary Moody Northern Theater, St. Edward's University. And they brought in people from L.A. And um, I had just completed a play with Frank Sutton. And they saw my picture in the paper um, uh, advertising that play. And Frank Sutton was Gomer Pyle's sergeant on Gomer Pyle. And then, no. um, yeah, the TV series, you know. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. after, after I was cast in the film, they asked me to come back and do another play that I really loved doing. It was the most wonderful role I've ever had. And it was called the rainmaker. Uh, and I played Lizzie Curry and she's basically on stage for three hours, you know, two and a half hours. And, wow. um, she's a spinster and, um, it's, a. it had, we had Peter Breck who was, um, from the big Valley. He played Nick, the illegitimate son of Barbara Stanwyck the actress. Wow. It was her series, wow. really. And so um, Peter came in and played the Rainmaker. And so um, we were, I was actually getting my own standing ovations every night and we got rave reviews. So it was wonderful fun. And so here I was filming all day and then doing the play at night, you know, either rehearsing or then we went into the actual show. So, right. you know, it was great, great fun. I mean, a wonderful, you know, it's an actor's dream. Absolutely. It was. I remember you said something funny 
I can't remember exactly how you said it, but you said while all of this was going on, you've got the play going on, uh, you're having a sh- you're doing that at night, you're shooting TCM during the day, and you said something about at that point in one of the scenes in the, that you were shot in, you were sitting there worried about how you were going to pay your rent or something like that. You made me laugh. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, at the end, they, um, you know, we signed deferred money agreements after two weeks. Um, I was right. paid uh, $700 for the two weeks. Then they ran out of money and they had to go find money. So about a week later, we started again. And this time it was for deferred money. So deferred oh, money in a, in a film that's a scab, non-union, you know, you really don't think it's going to come out of the can. It was a gamble, but I had been waiting tables. I supported myself entirely. I didn't get money from my parents or anything. And I paid for my school and my rent and my food and whatever else, you know, myself. And I depended on my waitressing job to support me. But after the two weeks, they could no longer replace me at the restaurant. And so... um, I, I lost my waitress job. And so wow. for the next four weeks, I had no money coming in whatsoever. And I got an offer to go and do the Rainmaker with Peter Breck in Lubbock, Texas. And I negotiated it myself. And Peter's jaw dropped when they agreed to pay me 600 a week for the six weeks, oh. $3,600. And he could wow. not believe that they were going to pay me that, you know. It's what, 1973. What that? 1973. Okay. So that would be about 15 grand today, you know. Yes, so ma'am. anyway, yes, ma'am. Um, I called and talked to Kim and Toby, and they they didn't say, oh, Terry, we're so proud for you. That's wonderful. How wonderful. They said instead, well, we have to do some audio pickup shots. And I said, well, what day are you going to, you want to do them? And they said, well, we don't know when we're going to do them. And they got really, really rude. And I said, look, I need to do this. I need to make this money. I need to go to Lubbock and, and do this. And, and they ended up saying to me, quote unquote, you signed a fucking contract, Terry. And that was what they told me. So it really kind of broke my heart and made me feel worthless. Um, And so the day that I'm sitting on the steps, um, Sally, Sally came by. She was our still photographer and Toby's assistant. And Sally Richardson. And And she knew what was going on. And she said, um, I was just staring straight ahead. I was really close to crying. I was so angry because I had, I had actually uh, acquiesced to their threat and they, they needed me for one afternoon, one lousy afternoon. And um, it was just for that, the audio, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go that on the step. Wow. That's all they needed. And so um, Sally said, Terry, look, up, look this way. And I just turned my head to the left, still in my hands. And she took that famous shot of me on the step. 
And um, so, you know, I wasn't very pleased. And then I wasn't invited to the um, premiere. I was, I moved to Dallas right after I had finished. I got another dinner theater show and was able to get my equity card because that's what was going to happen if I went with Peter. I got my equity. I would get my equity card and the 600 a week. But I missed out on that. And I did another one um, and got my equity card. And then I, you know, I was still basically kind of broke, but I just uh, gave up my apartment and my roommate and I both moved out and I moved to Dallas. And so that's what happened. But when I was in Dallas, the film came out the following year and um, they had a premiere in Austin, I believe at the Paramount Theater, but they never called me and asked me to come. They didn't call Bill Vale and ask him to come. I think um, Alan and Ed and Marilyn went, Ed, uh, Ed Neal. Um, yeah, they went with Toby and Tim and some of the crew, but you know, I mean, that's how much they cared about me and us at that time, you know? Yeah. So, you know, is it any wonder that I didn't have much to do with them for the next 10, 15 years until the film began becoming famous and they called me to start doing free interviews. So, you know, um, so that was my um, relationship. It hadn't done me any good. Um, but, you know, I took it off my resume, as a matter of fact, as did Marilyn and as did um, Bill Vale. Um, this is something interesting I want to bring up, Terry. In the house, inside the house, fans of Texas Chainsaw notice one thing. When you enter the house, it's only the left being used in the film. There is the right side of the house. What is the story behind that? Why did they only use the left? Because there were people that actually lived in the house and we were renting the location from them. So that's where they live. So Terry, one of the, uh, Michael had received, um, a fan uh, question, uh, earlier, I think it was yesterday. Um, when you, for the first time, saw that house after it had been moved to Kingsland, Texas, like, what was that like? Because you hadn't been to that house since the movie had been made or since you shot your scene. Oh, well, it was so when beautiful. You saw they they had really redone it, and it's in uh, beautiful condition. The food is good. It's called Grand Central Cafe, and um, they have um, a nice menu, and they built a, a, a patio, and um, it's out back. And they also have a place in the bar upstairs. Um, that's devoted to chainsaw. So people that love the film go there all the time and they're always Mm -hmm. sending me pictures of the house. They're tagging us, you know, so, um, you know, they're, they're always posting things on Pam's page. And so, you know, it's, it's in beautiful condition. The restaurant Terry just mentioned, it got the best eggs Benedict in the world been there twice (laughs) we had done we're doing a movie called open waters and i wanted to do something kind of interesting and i'll be honest with you i had never been in the house before ever 
And what we wanted to do is we wanted to bring a sound booth. And we talked to Drew Gerenser, one of the owners, about bringing a sound booth into the house where the famous dining room scene happens. And uh, he said, sure enough. And Ed comes in to do his voiceover work. But when I, I got there before Ed did, and when I walked in and I saw the layout, I mean, I'm friends with Ed and was with Marilyn, but walking into that house for the first time as a fan, as a fan, it took my breath away. It really did. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break uh, from our sponsor. We'll be right back with more Terry McMahon from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre right next. Is Jesus and his white horse now? You see what you've done to me! Hey there, my name is Kel Adams. I'm an independent filmmaker currently in pre-production for a film called Open Waters. Now, Open Waters has a timeless, classic cinematic feel set in current time. It is a character-driven story. It's a narrative psychological thriller that's gonna keep you guessing, yet nothing is as it seems. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this presentation. And thank you so much for supporting us. And thank you for supporting independent filmmakers. Now, enjoy the promo. chose a dragonfly as it symbolizes change, transformation, and spiritual growth. Every day I see how you are changing, transforming and growing into the beautiful woman I know you will become. I love you with all my heart. I love you too. When we grow up, we can do what dragonflies do. We can fly away. My name is Gabby Ledford. Not that it really matters in the grand scheme of things. I've lived my whole life in this small little town in the middle of nowhere. A black hole. The emptiness of it has settled in my heart and controlled my being. It's been this way for many years. It's been this way for many reasons. I live with my mother. My impossible fucking mother. She can't stand the sight of me, and I cannot stand to hear her. It's not easy being my mother's surviving daughter. Ten years ago, my baby sister Marilyn was brutally murdered and raped. I'm pretty sure that my mother wishes it was me that died instead of my sister. And I have to admit, sometimes I wish it was me too. I can see the hate in her eyes every time she looks at me. I can hear it in her voice. Yes, Marilyn was successful. 
but you were successful too. You have to stop minimizing yourself and start celebrating yourself. Mother was the lesser of her sibling, but mother didn't break the chain. I chose a dragonfly. She kept it going. <laughs> We've been friends a long time, okay? But I'm the principal of this school, and you are a teacher. You need to act like one. In Matthew, it reads, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. You bitch! I need to be forgiven because I don't want to take care of her anymore. You steal what you've done to me! I don't even know who me is. I need to be forgiven because I don't want to take care of her anymore. I know what happened to her sister. The bitch probably deserved it. <laughs> I hate Miss Ledford. She thinks she controls things. I'll show her. I don't even know who me is. But I would like to embark on that journey. I think that's why I like going to the pier. To stand on the pier and gaze over the open waters gives me hope. He'll never be like Marilyn. He'll never be Marilyn. What you are, nothing, 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 nothing. Where is Jesus and his white horse now? I want what other people have which is an identity of their own and solace. So Terry, real quick question, and this is just coming from, I think I've been probably like talking with you since probably like 09. Over all the years that you have been, um, uh, and, and again, I know you've had you've had a little bit of time down where you step back to, you know, probably personally reflect. Um, coming back in, for me as a fan, seeing you is it's it's absolutely amazing but when you go out to the audiences the fans um the reception of how they they see you uh coming back and saying hey i'm at the i'm at these cons everything like that is it does it feel a lot better for you now um 
coming fine out. Now. I mean, I, I really didn't want to come out for a long time because I enjoyed my life. I enjoyed my anonymity. But when you come out, you, you give up all of your anonymity. And Pam is more like a full-time job rather than just some part-time thing because yeah. the fans are all over the world. And so, yeah. you know, I enjoy it and I interact with them on Facebook quite a bit. I don't chat. I refuse to chat. You know, you know, I'll get people that'll go, hey, what's up, you know, or something. And it's like, you know, don't do that. <laughs> that is so annoying. And um, uh, and they try, but I put in, I put page guidelines in uh, my personal page. I'm up to 5,000 and it goes up and down because of the current political situation. But basically I'm around at 5,000 and I don't put anything except I promote him when I go to do appearances. But that's all I do with horror on my personal page. So I made Pam get her own page. And so if people want to share something, they can, but they still, you know, don't read the page guidelines that so they tag me all the time. Well, if they tag it and I want to share it, it was public, public, I can share it for them on Pam's page. Uh, Terry, I've got another question for you. This, this is actually going to be a fan question. So here we go. Sure. So in your, it's so does Terry McMinn actually watch scary movies? What is her opinion? Oh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. I wouldn't tell you that horror is my genre. I'm more into the people interest stories um, than I am blockbusters or horror. It wasn't my genre. I fell into horror with Chainsaw. And so um, <laughs> I watched some of them, but no, I'm, you know, it's, it's not my, it's not really my, my genre. So, um, but I'm happy, you know, that other people enjoy it. And I love a, a good whodunit or I love um, detective things or, you know, um, I love uh, 48 hours and, you know, 2020 <laughs> and those kinds of things. But as far as, um, you know, uh, horror per se, that's not really what I spend my time on. Right, right. I have a lot well, of hobbies. I have to tell you. <laughs> right. Well, I have to tell you, though, you, I mean, and this is off the record, on the record, whatever you want to call it. Let me just say this to you from me. Irregardless of, you know, the, the ups and downs of that film and, and the horrible conditions and, and all of that good stuff, you truly, truly made cinema history with your scenes and you did a lovely, lovely job. You did. And you're a lovely well, thank woman. Thank you so much. And I'm what? so glad that I got to meet you. <laughs> huh? Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your kind words. So, um, Terry, I, one, I want to tell you, thank you very much, um, for allowing us, uh, to, to, to get this interview. Um, you know, I've been messaging you since probably like Oh nine, Oh 10, or 2010. <laughs> um, and, and, and obviously, you know, I, I appreciate the birthday wishes over the years. Um, and I, you're absolutely amazing. Um, as, as a fan of, of Chainsaw, um, I, I look, when I watch it, I, I honestly, to this day, still feel very um, struck um, as a fan. When you watch it, it does, it feels very real. There's a realism 
uh, and rawness to it. And I think that that has to do with a lot of the cast. Uh, uh, you in particular, uh, with, with the scene that, that you did, um, I, I want to thank you very much again for coming on uh, and giving us this time and allotting us to uh, be able to have a part of Chainsaw History with you. Well, I appreciate it. We love our fans, and um, I try <laughs> to um, be interactive with people, you know, when we're, um, especially on Pam's page, um, because that's where, you know, I post everything, Chainsaw, or, well, I post a lot of different things, but, you know, it's where fans can go and have a good time. Um, they always send me memes and stuff like that, you know, so... Um, it's, it's, uh, political, you know, there's nothing political on it. I don't let people get political on it. I don't, I don't like those <laughs> arguments. Things. So, um, I, I just made, I, I made Pam get her own page because, you know, she's a movie character. She doesn't care, you know, who's president. She's not even concerned. You know? well, no, like, she doesn't even have a clue. She's like, don't talk to me about that kind of stuff. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I've always enjoyed that you refer to her is, in third person. She is a supporter of climate change. She is not a denier. I can tell you, she told me that herself. So I do want to just say this one thing about that. <laughs> I was very relieved to hear because I didn't want to have to get somebody else to run her page. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, you can definitely check out Terry uh, on Facebook, uh, that original Chainsaw Gal. Um, I definitely, again, I want to very, very much thank you, Terry, for coming on the show. It has been a blast and a pleasure uh, having this time with you today. This is great. Okay, yep. and when you guys get it, um, get the link. You send it to Pam, and she will post it on her page so fans can listen. That sounds good. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. <laughs> thank, thank you so okay. much, Terry. Really. Thank and you, you guys stay safe. Don't let that dang storm get you. I think it's coming my way too. So, anyway, yeah. stay yes, safe yes. and get you your life preservers so out. Much. And take your pets with you. Take your pets Absolutely. with you. Always. Okay. All right, John. I will Terry. leave home without them. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.